So Shane, <laughs> Shane wanted I've literally to- talked to everyone in this room like 15 <laughs> times in the last three f-ing days, except for John. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. My name is Michael Sipes. You can find me on Twitter at FFBlitz. <laughs> and I'm in this room with a bunch of people, uh, including one of my partners, Shane Manila. <laughs> Hey, I'm at Shane is the worst on the Twitters. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at Shane is the worst. Um, just <laughs> want to put this out there immediately. This is not another mock draft episode. <laughs> I think that's what we'll call it. Not another mock draft. Yeah, uh, we we were... to name it properly. It should be cluster. <laughs> wait, wait. Shane's episode. here and Sipes is here. Who's missing then? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so oh, wait, we have some guests. <laughs> Go They're ahead. all very famous. <laughs> I don't want to people... let them talk. Because then they'll take up the whole show, right? But people aren't going to understand what's going on. You have to set it up before you just throw out everybody's names. <laughs> you said we're not going to mock, but we were planning on mocking. But at the last minute, Jeremy had a family situation and he couldn't show up. And then uh, a couple other people were sick and we <laughs> didn't have enough people. So actually, Shane wanted to do an executive decision <laughs> of saying this is just going to be a roundtable discussion of everything, rookie drafts and rookies and whatever else you guys want to talk about. Because everybody mocks and we're kind of sick of hearing Brees Hall at number one and Drake London at number two and blah, blah, blah. Oh, Shane's raising his hand. Yes. Um, well, you know, I have a question for the class. So just stick a pin in this. Hold it for the class when we get there. Has anyone else been able to draft Brees Hall at 102? Oh, he wants to brag that in one of his drafts, he got Brees Hall at number 102. <laughs> Who went 101? Uh, the wrong player. I, I don't even, I think it was Kenneth Walker. Are you serious? You don't even know? <laughs> I, I'll look that up. I'm going to get back to you on that. I don't know why I'm surprised. You never know when we ask you questions like that. But like you were saying in the very beginning, let's tell everybody who's in the room. Shane looks like he's in a Brady Bunch thing making faces. We can start over here next to me. We have Shane Swagger. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I just I'm just curious what what pick I have. First of all, you were the one that came into the room saying, is there any value in mocks? Do we have to do a mock? Like you didn't want to do a mock in the first place. <laughs> no, I said, when is the last time you listened to a mock and got anything out of it? And everybody was like, yeah, I don't listen to that. And I was like, exactly. So <laughs> That's because we're all elitist snobs. You think we're smarter than everyone. Get up, Dynasty <laughs> Trades HQ, and let them know if you wish this was a mock. Okay, that's a good idea. <laughs> right underneath you, we have John Debari. Yeah, my my screen's different. To me, it's like a busted version of Hollywood Squares with no celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we don't have enough squares, that's for sure. Um, but uh, if you change it to gallery view, you can see everybody at the same time. I'll take Shane Manila for the block. <laughs> and in the middle square. Like my sex life. Oh, really? Amen. In the middle square, we have Pat Fitzmorris. Ooh, I get to be center square. Nice. (laughs) Hi, guys. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for coming. And actually, Shane mentioned something when we were talking about what we were going to do tonight. One of your shows that you recently did, and maybe we'll discuss that in the show as well. Sure. Or just just rip that show off verbatim. Well, it's his show, (laughs) so if he wants to talk about it... And then, and then I guess it's on his left or my left or whatever, but it's uh, John Hogue. Yo, actually, I'm glad this isn't a mock. Like, <laughs> I have a hard enough time with the actual drafts. I don't want to practice that same bullshit. So, yeah, this worked out great. 
I love that Shane didn't want to do it and nobody else did either. So Yeah, if there's anyone lonely out there, hit me up. <laughs> and then on the bottom, all by himself with nobody on either side of him is Felix Sharp. How you doing, Felix? Uh, Sipes, your uh, arrangement of you know where the people are is different than mine because I've got John in the middle, I've got <laughs> Pat over here on the left, and I'm on the top right next to you. So, um, but I'm good to meet you all who I haven't met. Uh, I thought I was doing my homework. I brought a list and everything. I thought we were doing a mock draft. Well, so look, when we start asking you guys questions, feel free to just start mocking on your own. You know what I mean? Just, just, to, just take whatever pick you want um, and just, just go hog wild with it. No, and it's awesome. And Felix, you may see it differently. The way I described it is what people will see on the image and the video and the picture. At least that's how I see the screen. So, um, But yeah, so like Shane said, we're going to do it this way. And let's start with Pat. Shane, you had asked Pat, when we were talking about what we would talk about, uh, what he discussed earlier. So, or is she? Uh, well, I put my, my, my joint on mute. My apologies. Um, so Pat. Yeah. So you had a show, um, one of several shows you do, but this was the, uh, dynasty pros, uh, podcast that you do, um, that I haven't been invited on yet, but that's another, <laughs> another day. Um, you were doing a show on folks you wouldn't draft your do not draft list. Um, who's your number one do not draft list on, in this class? Is one player. If you had to pick one, only one player, they would immediately um, eviscerate your soul. Who is a player that you would not want to draft? Oh, so we didn't do it with rookies. We were doing it was guys we didn't want on our <laughs> I, teams. I know. I listened, but I'm veterans. Just, but we're talking so rookies. which which rookie? Okay. Um, I'm switching it up so it's not the actual same show you did earlier. Yes. Oh my god! And I guess he should have said that before when we were talking about what he was going to ask uh, you. Me and Pat. It's talk so uh, much. Pat should just know what I'm thinking. Exactly. It's uh, it's Kenny Pickett for me. I just think he's like Case Keenum, basically. And you know, even in a super flex league, I don't think he's really a first rounder. Yeah, so I heard you say that this morning, and um, it made me feel really bad about the uh, trade I made last night, where I gave up Trevor Lawrence and um, some random wide receiver and got back Kenny Pickett and Dalvin Cook. Um, And I felt that Pat would not have been happy with that trade. Well, Dalvin Cook's uh, good. I mean, I'm pro-Dalvin Cook, but um, yeah, I'm surprised. I thought you were were – Big on Lawrence. We were talking about this on a show before, not at least optimistic that he would bounce back with no Urban Meyer around anymore. I, oh, Jesus Christ. I gave up Trey McBride. What the hell did I do? I what? hate that trade. <laughs> I hate that trade so much. Um, yeah, apparently I was drunk. I, I don't know what I was doing. I got to be honest with you. I'm trying to, I'm just trying to hedge on uh, Trevor Lawrence because I went so heavy last year. I'm just trying to move him where I can. Why I went with Kenny Pickett, really not sure. It was one of those things where you start a trade and before you know it, you're like, wait, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing this. You know what I mean? And it just ended up with Kenny Pickett on my roster. So Pat hates Kenny Pickett. Anyone else? Does anyone like Kenny Pickett? I'm not as low on him as I was before. I mean, if anybody going to the Steelers, if anybody knows him inside and out beyond what we usually see in an NFL draft cycle, it's the Steelers. He's been in the building for four, five years, four years. So, I mean, if, if they were comfortable taking him where they took him, then they think he's good. I mean, the Steelers aren't a team that whiffs a lot in drafts and, and knowing the history of him literally being in the building around that staff, I don't think. I think it's a pretty safe pick from for from them. 
I mean, if it was, if he went to any other team, I would be waving the red flags too, but because where he landed, I, I think it's a big green light for him. Green means go. <laughs> Felix, with Campus to Canton, you say that you, you made a list of who you were going to draft or you had a, a, a ranking for this draft. Did you have Kenny Pickett in your first round on your list? I don't think I'm taking – I think I'm taking wide receivers and Brees Hall uh, throughout the first round in this draft. So I, I just don't know that Kenny Pickett has the ceiling that I'm looking for. And quite frankly, his floor might be pretty low too. So um, – and I wanted I, I want to be safe in the first round of my dynasty rookie draft. So there are too many wide receiver profiles that I like, including the option of trading back rather than drafting Kenny Pickett. Because I mean, Kenny, I mean, even in the uh, in his division, if 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 all goes well, he's still what the fourth best quarterback. So um, yeah, I, I uh, to answer your question, no, I don't think I would have Kenny Pickett on any of my. No, I would not draft him. Very elitist of you. <laughs> Why do you have to make fun of everybody that says it? You won't do any. Oh no, you will. You just made that trade. I, I forgot. I, I also, I, I, and I also drafted him in a league. I drafted him in a, a, a fourteen-team superflex league. Um, oh, that's Baker different. Mayfield was my second quarterback. It was a league that started up in the middle of last year, and it seemed like you know I was I was punting quarterback. I, I had a strong QB one, and I was like, all right, for QB two, I'll get Baker. He's probably safe. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I drafted Kenny Pickett like 105 or 107 in that draft. And just for uh for for reference, he's going off the board at 107 in MFL rookie drafts um from May 1st through today. Well, it's funny, if you were in that league two years ago, you were you would have been happy to have uh Baker Mayfield when you had him as your 1.01 quarterback. But uh, uh he was my 1.2. He was behind Patrick Mahomes. Oh, he was okay. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> John Hogue being uh Mr. Superflex Yo. and everything. You agree with everything these guys are saying about Kenny? Absolutely. Yeah. He's he's a landmine, honestly. And it's you know, we talked about it the uh, a couple weeks ago when, when I was on here with the rest of the quarterbacks. Uh, the fact that people are, you know, still drafting these guys as if they're going to be NFL starters and people are kind of starting to come around. Like we're starting to see that ADP drop down into the second, even into the third round. That's still too high for backup quarterbacks, but you know, we're, we're getting closer to where they belong. Uh, the problem with Kenny Pickett is he, he at least presents the illusion that he's on, on course to be an NFL starter and, I mean, like he's 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 got a a better than a a better shot at starting than not, I would say. But I it it really just depends on the Pittsburgh Steelers philosophy on this. If they look at it as, you know, Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett both came to you and cost essentially a first round pick, then you're you know, all of a sudden you're free to to start whichever one actually wins this competition outright. And I I I just think Mitchell Trubisky would probably beat him out. Even if he doesn't, it's still just you're talking about you know one of the most vulnerable NFL starters in the entire league at that point. Swags, if we're going to go along with the not mocking and Pat's not drafting, who is somebody that you are not even touching in the first round that everybody else seems to be touching? I mean, that's a tough one, honestly, because this these drafts are all so weird. The interesting thing about this draft, I'm not going to answer that directly. I mean, <laughs> you get to this point where in the first round of a super flex draft, you have eight to 10 wide receivers 
going off the board and we're creating narratives for all of them as if they're going to be wide receiver twos or better. I mean, the truth of the matter is to, if you have, if you have three, like eight to 10 from the last three classes in the top 24, that's pretty sweet. And that's probably closer to reality just as far as a wide receiver two. And I'm not saying wide receiver threes aren't valuable, but this is a weird <laughs> draft class as far as rookies. So even at that point, like, I'll be honest with you, I'll take Kenny Pickett at 109, even if it's to trade to somebody else, because I know that there'll be some kind of, there'll be some super flexing involved at some point. And I, I think that he's probably worthy of a first round pick, if we're being completely honest, just with the landscape of the game. Do I like it or want him as my quarterback? But I, I don't know. I, I think I'll find a way out of it. Somebody I'm really skeptical of that I go back and forth with on every day is James Cook. And and Shane kind of wanted to allude to him anyway, but just like I wonder exactly how he's going to be schemed and you almost have to want him to be Kamara, but he's still a smaller version of Kamara in an offense that has two running backs that have been kind of meh. And now, I don't know, I feel like the draft capital landing spot and then that namesake has all just created this value that I didn't really think was going to be there. And I felt like we should have been wary of the Buffalo landing spot, just like we were, well, we weren't, but of of CEH when he landed with the Chiefs in 2020. We knew that some, if somebody went to the Chiefs, we knew we were going to be too excited. It could have been anybody that year. And just like Buffalo, I think we're doing the same thing. You said Shane alluded to it. What did Shane say? I didn't. I don't recall Shane. I'm in the chat. He said, "Let's talk oh. about some James Cook." Oh, okay. I was gonna say I didn't I see him say said, that. I literally said, "Okay, I'm bored of picket talk. Let's talk James <laughs> Cook." <laughs> On my screen, all I saw was I'm bored of picket talk. I didn't see the rest of what you said. So, uh, so, so Swag's not a fan I of got James you, Cook. Mike. So. Here's a problem, right? So I literally just finished the write-up on him for DLF um, yesterday, right? So I'm watching the highlights. Of course, I'm absolutely in love with him um, because <laughs> I just watched like three hours of highlights. Um, and from, you know, my unbiased opinion, he's going to be the best receiving back, uh, wide rece- receiving uh, running back in the league and probably in the history of the league, just based <laughs> off the highlights that I've seen. Um now, I think they're going to – Camara Light is how I describe them in the write-up. And then I – just to annoy people further, when they asked me my player comp, I said, uh, Alvin Kamara? Now, he's a lot smaller than Alvin Kamara, right? But what I'm hoping for is he gets Alvin Kamara-type usage circa 2018, 2019, where you're looking at 150 carries and 100 targets. Um, if they don't use James Cook that way, then Buffalo has really wasted that 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 capital on that pick. And I don't think they're in the business of wasting second round draft picks when they're in their Super Bowl window. Um, no, only hate- the years before it. <laughs> right. Well, they, they hate Devin Singletary, right? They tried to give Devin Singletary's job to Zach Moss, who it was so bad that they hate him even more than Devin Singletary now. Then they wanted to sign J.D. McKissick, who's basically James Cook, but not athletic, um, like just a receiver and can't run at all, except James Cook is a better runner than that and much faster and much better athlete. I agree athlete. with that. Yeah, uh, that, that's why I can see them. And again, I just did the write up, so I'm all smitten about them. Um, and like he, I said, dude, I am back and forth. Like I, I talked about him on a show sometime recently and and I was kind of really getting into it. And then I was kind of just like, oh, you know, maybe not. 
I don't know, really wishy-washy on it, but I have a hard time taking that shot on him in the first round. But looking at people's body languages, it looks like Pat has something to say about it. <laughs> oh, I was just going to, uh, like, I I think Swags is right and Shane is uh, full of it. No, just, um, <laughs> the, the reason I kind of agree with Swags is that, um, like, I don't see the 100 targets or anything close to it coming in for Cook because, like, when, when Josh Allen gets in trouble, he runs. He doesn't dump off. Like he runs. And I, I think that, you know, you were also right on about like a lot of people thinking as they did with CEH going to the chiefs, that this was going to be some bonanza and a high scoring offense and the bills offense is great, but like we've seen Josh Allen's sap value from running backs, like pretty much through the entirety of his career, you know, running, running in touchdowns inside the 10, um, scrambling instead of dumping off. Like it's just, it hasn't been a really great spot for running backs. And now he's going to be splitting that up with Singletary. Like Singletary's not totally going away. So I just wonder if there's going to be less there than, than meets the eye for, for cook in year one, at least maybe year two. I do want to point out the fact that if you look at what the Buffalo bills organization has done is they brought in specific types of players, um, they remember they were going to trade for Antonio Brown. They got like Antonio Brown light and Stephon Diggs. They brought in Emmanuel uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, they signed Cole Beasley. All of the players that make Josh Allen, who had accuracy issues as a rookie, to make his job a little bit easier. These aren't like contested catchers. These are guys who create space. And James Cook out of the backfield could be a player in the same vein to make his job easier. So that would be my only retort is that they seem to be like to have a very specific plan as to what they want. I mean, using that Diggs uh, Brown example just shows that yeah, we, we need a specific type of player for Josh Allen to maximize his ability. And maybe we haven't seen it yet with uh, Singletary and Moss but we should have faith. We should have some faith in what it is that the uh, what that the Bills are doing. Just for fun, the Bills targeted the running back position 16% of the time last year, which was slightly below league average. But that makes sense when you consider Zach Moss as a trash can. And Devin Singletary, though, I love him. That's really not his, his strong suit, even though he's built like a satellite back. He's more of a grinder. Um but look, I, I've been taking James Cook, or I took him, I think the soonest I've taken him is like 108, 108. Let me not call it 18 because that's just weird, but 108. And I like that Felix agrees with me completely. And because he's the <laughs> Debbie expert, I'm going to trust him more than everyone else that disagrees with me. Well, what is funny, I John, I was standing next to you in Las Vegas when that pick was made. Uh, and I remember you were saying something about that you think that pick was good because it was going to shoot him up people's draft boards, but you didn't think he was worth that. Do I remember that correctly? Is that what you were saying? I don't, I don't remember that conversation, but <laughs> it's certainly possible. I mean, I liked Cook coming in, and I, 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 but that coming into it, everybody wanted one of these guys, Brees Hall in particular, to go to Buffalo because they thought that was one of the better landing spots. So, I mean, I probably did say something about it, <laughs> shooting his ADP up just based on landing spot. But I, I liked him coming into it. But I, I think what I was probably saying was he was probably going to go higher than I wanted to grab him now because of the Buffalo spot. Yeah, you you were not too thrilled with a lot of the picks when we were. But, I mean, it seems I'm like. I'm disgusted it, every year. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I every, hate every landing spot. 
<laughs> you know, Felix, Shane mentioned Debbie and Campus to Canton and everything. And, you know, no matter how much we talk about this class not being the greatest class and everything, were a lot of these guys big deal names in the Debbie portion of Campus to Campus leagues? I mean, the wide receivers were. So, you know, in C2Cs, um, your college players actually score points for you. So like somebody like James Cook, for example, he was probably someone that you were not going to start because of his role there. I mean, he split touches with three different people at, at Georgia. So um, yes, for, you know, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Drake London, when he was healthy, Jamison Williams had a ridiculous uh, season and was such a value uh, transferring from Ohio State to to Alabama. Um, Matt Corral, quarterback one. Sam Howell, two. Um, so as far as big names, the wide receivers, I would I would say were Kenneth Walker probably led people to championships on the college side. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. These are these names were all big names in C two C leagues and in, I mean in Debbie leagues. Uh, they were rostered and had high value also. Do you guys all agree with John that all the landing spots suck? I mean, was there anybody this year that got a great landing spot that made it worth drafting these guys? Uh, I like Jamison Williams' landing spot. I liked uh, Chris Olave's landing spot. Um, if I had Zach Wilson as a quarterback, I loved Garrett Wilson's landing spot and Brees Hall's landing spot. Um, Brees Hall. London, I, I don't mind that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not going to be as fun with Marcus Mariota, but I, that I don't think they're quarterbacks on that team right now. Yeah. Right. And then Traylon Burks, uh, I'm happy with his now that AJ Brown's gone. So I love the landing spots, to be quite honest with you. There's not many landing spots I didn't like, even for George. the like George Pickens. Yeah, he's in that ever like I'm going to kick out Chase Claypool or if Deontay Johnson doesn't resign, I'm the next guy up. Love that spot. And that's a team that has a history of developing wide receivers. Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, who we already talked about. Um, I mean, they have a track record. And even like, you know, late day two or early day three guys. So um, I like I like that they, they, they don't have the quarterback either. <laughs> so that'll be the problem. But uh, I do like the fact that Pickens landed with a, pro- a program that um, develops wide receivers. How did you guys feel about the Jahan Dotson landing spot? I like that one personally. I, I don't know. I think he's a perfect compliment for Terry McLaurin. But the one thing that we've kind of learned is, is that landing spots change pretty quickly. So we can't worry too much about that stuff anyways. And thank God, because uh, otherwise I would be with Dabari. Just hate every landing spot ever. <laughs> what do you mean landing spots change? Situations. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah just kind of. It, you know, you, you like you think that that a guy's going to a situation where, you know, a crowded backfield, for instance, or or, you know, a, a George Pickens going to a spot that, you know, where there's not going to be a whole lot of targets available it, within a year or two. We see things change enough. I, again, it could be Chase Claypool on the move at some point. You know, it, it could be something like that. Uh, it could be it could be the Buffalo Bills finally just. Um, just, you know, they, they use the most draft capital on James cook by a few picks. So, you know, maybe they finally do consolidate that backfield, like stuff like that happens all the time that we don't really see coming. And then you look back on it and say, actually, that was a great landing spot. Nick Chubb, terrible landing spot, right? When he came to Cleveland, because he was behind Carlos Hyde, right? Right. 
did it take yeah. for them to get to trade Carlos Hyde? So yeah, you're right. The, yeah. His lane, well, it can and, change. And look at even just the craziness this year with all the quarterbacks moving and the, the trades and all that. I mean, not, not that it's a better situation necessarily, but right now Dotson goes to the commanders. You go right, behind McLaurin. We don't know what Wentz is. Baker Mayfield could be their quarterback and they could trade McLaurin because they don't want to pay him a year from now. And he could be their number one with Mayfield. Is that I don't know if that's better <laughs> or worse, but it's totally different than what we're looking at right now. Yeah, it does definitely seem, especially in this offseason, there was a lot of changing of quarterbacks a lot. There was a lot of changing of players. That's why you can't be any, like Shane, you talk about it a lot. And I mentioned it to you that you always talk about things in absolutes, or at least it seems like to me, it, it, it seems like that's everything absolutely is incorrect. <laughs> Just, <laughs> one it, of the things I've always pound, pounded, hounded. Yeah. Resound it, whatever. Whatever. Um, I've, always, I've always said you're going to bet on talent because situation is going to change. Um, situations have always been um, fluid it's, and it's been trending that way. Like if you pay attention to things, you've noticed like, oh, trade started to pick up a couple years ago. Like the Eagles started at the trend of like, oh, we trade players in the NFL now. Like that's a thing. Like at the trade deadline, because you, you remember in the olden days, no one cared about the NFL trade deadline. It was like, what? No, I don't give a crap. I don't know. I'm not cursing, but you could see it trending that way. You could definitely see it trending that way. I will say this for the first year for a rookie wide receiver. I am concerned about their landing spot only because if they don't hit certain thresholds, they're dead. And we know that for a fact, because if they don't produce their ADP drops um, and their production never picks up and their ADP never recovers except for outlier cases. So I do worry about their first year in that that sense, like the landing spot, just for that first year, like I want it to be good enough that they're going to produce at least enough that we can feel comfortable and their ADP is not going to drop. I don't mind that landing spot for Dotson, though. Honestly, I'd be smitten if you took Sky Moore and let me. I'd rather have him like anyway. So if I picked behind you, in, like that one ten area, and that's who I get to pick, I think. I'd be okay with that completely, honestly. And, and Pickens, I think that's a great spot with the Steelers. There's, they either have a great eye for talent or they're really good at developing it. I think the only one that hasn't had like that increased production that led to value on that team was probably James Washington. He's like the Jeff Janice of that team though, but everybody else at some point, it seems like they've had some kind of production that, you had an out if you didn't truly believe in it. Jeff Janis. Pat, uh, did I just step <laughs> on you? Were you about to say something? No, no. I mean, I was just um, like the Pickens. Maybe some people don't like the landing spot because they think they've already got Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. But it seems like to me that that Pickens pick was kind of um, Mike Tomlin and the organization just saying they've had enough of Claypool's BS. Like, and the funny thing was Claypool had to read off that pick, didn't he? I heard, I heard about that. Like, I, I didn't see that pick, but, um, I mean, I, I think he might be Claypool's replacement. Wait, you were there. Why, why, why didn't you see it? You were inside the I, tent, weren't you? You I had don't the know. good I must, seats. I was probably getting beer going to the John or something, Mike. So uh, <laughs> I missed that one somehow. Pat was hammered, stumbling around oh my uh, the gosh. strip. Like, I don't know where this draft It doesn't make sense to me. I was so sick. But each night, Pat and I were trying to find each other, and I never ended oh. up getting to see him. So, <laughs> Did you see the other half of that pick, though? 
Like everyone talks about Claypool announcing what's probably his replacement. Did you see the video of Pickens getting picked? No. What happened? He's a psychopath. <laughs> he was upset. I heard about that. He's right? standing no, in front of the TV the- wearing a crazy mask. And the memes, he's, yeah. He's going to rip the TV off the wall. There's nobody around him. He's at home by himself. He's not celebrating. He doesn't have a hat. He's a psychopath. Really? I love him. Yes. <laughs> he was all by himself. Just hanging everything. out by himself, like in the basement, just like not even watching the draft. Just got a call like, oh, by the way, you just got picked. He looks like he's ready to Damn. murder people. It's, 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 it's awesome. become a meme. It's become a meme. You guys have had to see it yeah. because they're putting everything on that TV screen now. I'm going to find. I'm gonna find one. I haven't seen memes yet, but now I'm excited. And you know what? This goes along with Swags. You were on our show, uh, was it last week, I believe? And you said one of the things you uh, like about drafting some of these players is they're a real life emotional, the experience when they're drafted and everything. Did you see that happen with him? I've seen it. I didn't see it in the moment like they're speaking of, but yeah. And, and Jameson Williams has since like smiled and he's, he said he's excited to get back to football. Like I seen everything I wanted to see this last week. It's kind of funny. Like I felt like he was a part of our show Uh last week and he heard it and he was like, you know what? I owe these guys some smiles and he showed up. (laughs) <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Felix was just holding up the picture uh, down in the lower part of the screen if you want to see it. But uh, no, I, oh, I, I missed it. <laughs> he was just showing the picture. But um, but yeah, that that is weird. I didn't Google I, it. It's disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> there was some great. Res- well, he's got friends. His friends were there. So it was a setup. So, you know, that look, he, he just did that because he got called and he was like, all right, what can I do to be unique and look like a sociopath, apparently? So then he's um, not doing it, implying that he was unhappy then. He was just trying to have fun with the Internet and stuff. The, the rumor I had also heard on why he fell a little bit, at least it was what they were saying on NFL radio, was that teams felt he may have been too intense for the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe that's why he did that then. <laughs> He also got into a car accident the week before the draft and didn't f- left the scene. I would I don't want to say flee, but he left the scene because his house was, you know, not too far from the accident scene. But he and the running back Kenny McIntosh got into an accident the week before the draft. So he already had red flags as far as his attitude and getting into fights on the side, not on the sideline, but with other players on the team. And then right before the draft, he had the car accident. Ah, so allegedly that's what he did. We're we're not exactly so sure what he, he didn't did. flee because his house happened to be close. To it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your legal defense? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the explanation was is that he was in the passenger seat also. Oh. He was in the passenger seat, so McIntosh allegedly dropped his passenger off and then returned to the scene. But it sounds like. McIntosh just, you know, was the fall guy given that Pickens draft was coming up. But. Yeah. And and look, like Chris Carter said um, and got deeply roasted for it. You need one of those guys in your crew. And <laughs> I got to be honest with you, if I was rich, there would be a dude in my crew that would just take the fall for stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I respect Chris Carter for being honest. Um, Swags brought up a good point because he brought up um, Sky Moore, who's probably going to absolutely destroy Jahan Dotson um, career-wise and in their rookie season. It's not even going to be close. Um, but that's just my opinion. How does anyone else <laughs> feel about Sky Moore? Well, not you, Swags, because you already trashed him. 
I know you said my name and I unmuted, and now I'm going to just unpress that bad boy again. <laughs> Pat, what do you think? Uh, I, I mean, I thought he was a, a fun, like his highlight reel is a fun watch, man. Like I, I didn't see much of him in college just because he's playing in the Mac and, and, you know, I'm not catching many of those games impressed by that. And, uh, you know, now he goes to this great situation. So I'm, I'm definitely intrigued, but, um, you know, kind of a jury out thing. I haven't gotten him in any, any rookie drafts yet. Um, you know, I, I'm optimistic, though. It's a good spot for him. But, you know, I wonder if he's going to, like, have we totally given up on me, Cole Hardman? Like, yes. is it, it always seemed, <laughs> but it always seemed like, like yeah. everyone, everyone, we should go around the, around the room. <laughs> I mean, it's, get the it's yeah, probably, it's probably unanimous, but it seemed like they always wanted him to be just a strict backup to Tyreek Hill. And now Tyreek Hill's not around anymore. And I wonder if like there's a chance that he like resurfaces. No. Probably not. No, no, no. There yeah, is. and I want to be clear. Like I don't hate Sky more. Like Felix Kalamazoo stand up. Like Western Michigan University. That's where I'm sitting today. So I was really excited about Sky more going into the rookie drafts. But then I just feel like he got this boost that I kind of wish he wouldn't have got. And I don't want to forget about Juju, Kelsey. I don't think that. There's another Tyreek Hill in the NFL, and I don't think that he landed on the Kansas City Chiefs this year either. So that I just kind of think we're a little bit excited. I want to ask you guys something, though, and it goes along with what Swag said pre-show about listening to mocks. A lot of mocks that are going on, obviously, they just do a first round. <clears throat> excuse me. And we've heard all about the first round players and all this kind of stuff. We're now what, three weeks in, is it, or almost a month into since the NFL draft and all these rookie drafts, there's gotta be players now that are going, that are rising into the second round or, or coming down from the third where people weren't paying attention. And and now they kind of are, are, are there some players in the second round? You know, we were pretty good with the first round, but are there some players in the second round that people need to keep an eye on because they're starting to rise lately? I know Shane always has the ADP in front of him or he doesn't have it in front of him. He usually pulls it up, but, um, with you gentlemen, wh- wh- who's somebody that's like rising up into the second round that we need to pay attention to. The, the one that I've noticed in a lot of spots creeping up to the end of the first is Damian Pierce. I've seen him going yeah. 110, 111, 112. I don't know if people love him, love the landing spot, or it's just positional, positional scarcity at running back, but he's somebody who's – I'm not even getting him at like 204 anymore. He's gone. Hmm. And is he worth it in the first round, do you think? <laughs> Shane, look at Shane's. I like him, but I mean, you know, we, we, we started – the show talking about how down everybody is in this class. So if you're just looking at opportunity, I mean, what do you got? Marlon Mack coming off the Achilles and another, just a pile of garbage on a bad Houston team. There's nothing in his way to volume. The only problem with that is, and we do this every year is we, we draft these running backs or we're drafted in the third or fourth round over wide receivers that were drafted in the second round. Like we don't know math, like just basic, simple arithmetic, right? Like we don't know hit rates, like fourth round running back hit rates, not great. Second round wide receivers, much better. Even if we don't like the pick like Wondelli Robinson or however you say his name, because I keep saying it wrong now on purpose and I can't remember how to say it correctly. My apologies. Um, but like, I'm definitely taking, um, 
uh, Robinson way before I'm even thinking about Damian Pierce. Like if Damian Pierce is coming off in the second, even in the second round, I'm like, that's all you, bro. Like, congratulations, guys. I'll take Brian Robinson over him like every day of the week. You just mentioned two different Robinsons in that conversation. So we, there's <laughs> lots of Robinsons. One's a receiver, one's a running back. And you're going to take uh, both Washington of them. Football team. I know who they are, but I'm saying you said one thing and then you said the other. So you're taking both Robinsons over Pierce, then, is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, there's a bunch of guys in the second round I want over. I'm taking Alex Pierce over Damian Pierce. Um, <laughs> is there any more Pierces in the draft? I'll take them. Um, I'm starting not to care about running back draft capital as much anymore. Yeah. I mean, the NFL is, they don't care about these guys, so they don't, well, they don't want to pay know, I'm, them. I'm with John on this. I'm going to, I'll speak up. I, I kind of agree. And like I mentioned earlier, like you're looking at already, by the time you get to Wandale Robinson, you mentioned maybe eight to 10 wide receivers going into the first round. So now we're just going to keep taking wide receivers all the way in through the second round too. Like, that's where, like, if I've got some second-round picks, I'm starting to throw my darts at running backs because all the wide receivers I was really, truly interested are gone. You mentioned Brian Robinson. I'll take some of him, some Damian Pierce, some Rashad White. Like, if those guys are in the second round and I can get them, just to see if there's opportunity alone, they're going to help my team more than waiting to see what's going to happen on Rondale Moore, completely honestly. I think it's funny, though, because we mention it all the time on the show about how during the season, those third and fourth string running backs even end up being in starting lineups. And by the time you're in your in your fantasy bowls, you're starting running backs that at the beginning of the season, nobody sometimes you never even heard of the person, you know. So I don't think I I, I know in in. Um, in our group me chat, there was a discussion this week about, you know, value and trading first round picks for players and all this kind of stuff. And and I think especially in a draft like this with those running backs, you're right, uh, Swag. You know, you could get an opportunity to have one of those guys playing on your team this year as opposed to maybe the 12th wide receiver Maybe because a lot of those wide receivers end up playing special teams and stuff. And some of the leagues we're in, we don't even get points for special teams. So um, I agree with John that I don't think so much that the round they were drafted in matters as opposed to the the opportunity. Look, you could shake your head all you want, Shane. But if you go if the guy gets drafted in the fourth round, but he goes to a team where he's the only one that's going to play and then he plays for you five or six games in the season, that's worth more than a player that never plays for you. Well, let me ask you this. So right now, would you rather have uh, Kadarius Tony or Michael Carter? Michael Carter. Oh, well, then you're, I didn't know you were going to answer it correctly. You're asking the wrong person, though, and it's well documented. I'm not really a Kadarius phony guy. And and I don't like Michael Carter much either. I think he had a mass season that people try to glorify. I think that's all Brees Hall. Like, that's low-hanging fruit there. But, um, yeah, I don't care about either of them, to be honest with you, Shane. I don't. I don't care about either of them. It's probably Kadarius <laughs> Tony, to be fair. Well, that, that's the correct answer. So we'll go with that. When you edit this, just make sure he just says Kadarius No, Tony. no. <laughs> and and then you're back to the being in absolutes where you say that's the only the right answer, no matter what you say is the right answer. Because you were shaking your head when I was saying what I was saying about running backs. It does feel like the running backs were, you know, we're talking about Pierce. That does feel like a dart throw where Wandell Robinson feels like he has a bigger target to hit. I mean, he's a a good player. Pierce, you know, could never command the job there at Florida. Um, So 
I'm I'm with Shane again on this one. Like, if I don't like the profile, I'm not going to just take the player to. I mean, Chuba Hubbard, good example last year. You know, lower draft capital. Yeah, he got in for a few games, and I immediately traded his ass to get another first round pick. I, but I agree with Shane. Like, I'm going to continue to take uh, the wide receivers or just the player in general that I like. I'm not going to go for the positional scarcity if I don't like the profiles of those players. See, and I think at this point we're talking about the second and third round. We're not talking about the first round anymore. And that seems to be the general consensus anyways is to take the player you like. Especially in a draft like this, just go for the guy that you like. But Shane's very happy that you agreed with him, though. No, I'm just like, because I always lean on draft capital. Like, If that's the, the tiebreaker, that's going to be the decision. It's going to be, I'm not going to take the fourth round running back over a second round wide receiver. Like I've, I've been punched in the balls enough times <laughs> that I finally learned like, all right, wear a cup when you do this, don't do this anymore. Like Samaj Pirine, not going to be a thing. Keyshawn Vaughn, not going to be a thing. Michael Carter, uh, not going to be a thing. I know it was delayed. Um, not going to be a thing gratification, but I was eventually right. So I'll take it. Um, but yeah, like if we're talking about like at the end of the second, um, top of the third, like I love taking guys like Samir White and I can understand taking Tyler Algier because of the situation at that point. Like it's like, all right, well, if Tyler Algier, he should do however you say his name. Cause I'm sure I've mispronounced that name as well. Um, Pat's like, yes, yes, you did. Um, <laughs> I, I'm fine with drafting him there because, and, and I know this, this will happen. So this part partly backs up with John saying, right? Like if I draft Damian Pierce in the mid late second, um, I'm going to be able to flip him if he gets three starts right. for a better pick. The problem is, is I'm not going to be able to do it for a 23 pick because no one's trading those except for casuals. Um, so it, it, my best hope would be like, all right, I'm trading Damian Pierce for, I hope a 24 first. And I don't think anyone's going to do that. Bet. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you add him to another player. And I mean, this is dynasty trades HQ. There's a lot of things you could make happen, Shane. And it doesn't have to be just like, it's not just like what pick could you get? It doesn't have to always. And I think that's one like crutch that we like to use, but I mean, there's a lot of things you can do if a player hits for a minute wide receivers too, to be fair, if you don't like it or don't believe in the situation in a long-term way, like you can add some stuff and make stuff happen. But one conversation that Shane and I have had, (laughs) One conversation Shane and I have had over the years, we've been doing this forever, is that sometimes when those guys hit, it might be temporary, but it might also help you win your league that year, the weeks that it's happening. And maybe you take the chance and hold on to them a couple more weeks to win a couple more games so that you can win. Because ultimately, you want to win every year. You don't want to just always be building and always be making a team that hopefully next year I win. And I know you don't agree with me, Shane. We've had this conversation a million uh, times. Hubbard, like that was kind of even temporary throughout the season. And it wasn't like you ever got you anything close to Christian McCaffrey and you could still flip it for a first at that point. And I know, uh, like I just said, maybe not just picks, but I think there's opportunities. And I think that if these are players that today you truly don't believe in, when that happens, you come back and you remember this conversation and what you thought you should have done today, not when you got get excited about your new shiny starter that you just got because somebody gets injured, you know what I mean? And then they're guaranteed that starting role. Like that's when you like need to move on and capitalize on what, why you were waiting. <laughs> you weren't waiting for a starter. You were waiting for that <laughs> initial like 
boost in value so that you can move on. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at you. I was laughing at something Shane was writing, but uh, but no, I, I what were you, Shane? You were about to say something about what I said because we have had this conversation before, and you don't agree with that at all. You think that the moment one of these lower guys hit, get rid of them. Don't worry right. about your your winning this week because I'm playing probability and I'm playing percentages, and eighty percent of these time, eighty percent of the time, the guy's going to turn into a trash can. When it, when it's James Robinson and he he does it for the full season, you look like a genius. Unfortunately, there was fifteen other guys you kept on your roster. You can't remember their names anymore because they flamed out. Oh, Bo Scarborough or, or someone like that. Like <laughs> the, the smart move is because you're playing the percentages is always flip those guys, always flip them when they hit. If there's late round draft capital attached, if they're just not good prospects, if they don't have good you know profiles, et cetera. But, no, and I was just laughing. I wasn't laughing at you when you were talking. I was laughing because you said always be building. I, I, I know that's... <laughs> Shout out to our old uh, seven of us in here. That's our old home. I knew that. That's why you were. La- that's why I left earlier. But yeah, he wrote that in the chat where uh, all of us in the room could see what he wrote. But um, you know, ha- you guys, we've all been doing this for a long time. Most of our leagues have four, sometimes five rounds of rookie drafts. If you really sit there and go back and look at all those rounds, how many of the what, 48 players or however many rookies that we draft, how many of those players really do ever hit and become stars? The big majority of them never hit. So it's it's not it's not an exact science for sure. So if you have different reasons for taking somebody, I don't think that it's a right or wrong answer sometimes. There's always a right or wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I was the first one to curse uh, an I'm hour. Sorry into again. It. This isn't a philosophy class. <laughs> There's always a right and a wrong. There's always one or the other. You know what I mean? That we live in a binary world, my friend. No, anywho, I, I disagree. All right. Well, uh, did everybody get to say something in the second round or third round? Is there some players that we want the people listening to know about that we didn't even get to talk about? Well, here you go. How about this? Um, so we were talking about Damian Pierce, right? Because he had a great landing spot. What uh-huh. about someone like Trey McBride, who has a bad landing spot because he's behind Zach Ertz for a year, even though he's a tight end and you should never expect tight ends to produce in their first year unless you're insane. So there you answered your own question. I'm just asking, how do people, <laughs> like, are people still buying in the Trey McBride or are they just like, ah, I don't really like them now? Before you guys answer, I just want you to know he's trying to get validation for trading him away, like you said at the beginning of the show. No, no, no. I should not have traded him away. That was a horrible idea. (laughs) I know. That's what he's trying to do. I'm sorry, Pat. I cut you off. You're about to answer. No, that's okay. I was um, like, that's kind of it, that it takes tight ends often more than a year to pop. Like it's year two or year three. So with the later ETA, I'm not too concerned about the really seemingly bad landing spot for him and uh you know like i just got him i think at 211 in one league that's not like a tight end premium or anything and you know i'll just kind of sit on that egg for a year and wait for it to hatch um at 211 you know what else are you gonna get so i mean not him specifically but in general the last couple years i have pretty much taken i mean i'll rank them but i've almost taken rookies off my board completely because there's always somebody emerges every year on waivers you can grab and you can always trade for somebody, even if it's a little older guy that you could just fill your roster up for two years. It's not worth it 
to me anymore to draft these guys in stash. And even, even I like him and I really like McBride. I love Kate Otten's landing spot. I liked Jelani Woods, but unless they really fall to a value and there's nobody else I want to take, I, I think the last two years I've just given up on drafting tight ends because I can get them in other places and other ways. I, I'd much rather throw a dart on one of the wide receivers or running backs. Can I ask you how that feels? Because I can't get to that point in my life. Like, I know it's a bad choice. Like, I know because I do the same thing every year. Like, I just keep drafting these athletic tight ends that just never turn into anything. Like Jelani Woods, drafting him everywhere I can, even though I know I'm going to be cutting him in three years. Does, that, does it feel good to know that you're not going to have to go through that process anymore? Yeah, I mean, because I'm going into it knowing that. So when I'm up and it's like, oh, you know, MFL or whatever, Jelani Woods is the highest ranked player. It's it's not even in my thought process anymore. I don't. Yeah. What makes it saves it, me a pick. What makes it feel interesting even better thing too about is, like tight ends like what? that? Sorry, John, go ahead. You haven't even talked that much. I forgot you were even here, Pogue. Oh, that's so messed up of you. Um, <laughs> how dare you? Uh, yeah. What makes it feel even better though is the fact that so Shane's going to draft Jelani Woods. Uh, he's going to drop him next year. JDB is going to pick him up just in time for the breakout. Like that's how that's yes. going to play out every yes. single time. No, but, but by the time the breakout ha- happens with like the mad tight ends that aren't like Kyle Pitts and Kel- that aren't Travis Kelsey, by the time the breakout happens, they're dirt cheap and they're Jared Cook and you can just pass them around your league for a while. And it's so crazy that so you can get them back somehow and they'll be even cheaper when they have more production. It's great. Yeah. Cause Jared cook, you could get for like any fourth round draft pick, yeah. you know, for the previous four years when he's putting up tight end one numbers, but uh, yeah, but that, that's the other thing is though they're ne- most of them are never going to be anything more like their breakout is going to be like three tight end seven weeks. And then right. that's the breakout. That's it. Yep. Like right, and they finish, yeah. they finish as the tight end 15, but they're athletic. So I'm still going to be like, no, 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 next then year. You can trade them next for, year. Like, go, then you can try to go get Trey McBride. <laughs> but so you know, you're saying don't feel bad about trading Trey McBride because I'm probably going to trade for him next year anyway. Exactly. Okay. Well, you do that with all the players you trade and then you get them back and then you you don't remember how you got them back. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I think if, if you look at if you look at get away from rookies and if you look at even startup drafts or even building your teams, well, there's only like a handful of tight ends that anybody ever cares about anyways when they're drafting. So it, to think that one of those rookies is going to break into that top three or four that people will even care about we already know that that position's hard to fill anyway so well th- this the year's the thing- year this year with jelani woods and trey mcbride is the year that it's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> the other thing with tight ends and e- even in tight end premium and super you know start two tight end and these ridiculously deep tight end leagues there are always guys on waivers that you can pick up for matchups and tight end, in my opinion, unlike any other position, there there are teams that suck defending the tight end, whether it's personnel or scheme or whatever their problem is. There's certain teams that are way worse at defending tight ends than other teams. And you can pick up somebody's tight end two that week and have a, a, a serviceable week out of them. When, uh, for DFF back in the day, I wrote a streaming thing for tight ends and I averaged out whoever was available in like 50% of leagues and uh, picked a guy every week. I think I finished tight end 13 or something. So just going through waivers, tight end to me, 
you don't have to invest shit in it because <laughs> there's tons of ways to get around it. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the first part of the show where the listeners wish we were mocking. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say Just that? Just because tight ends kind of don't matter in a weird way. That's, that's all. Well, I do, well, do want to say one thing about McBride <laughs> and his landing spot with Arizona. So, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, Texas Tech, Air Raid, Mike Leach influence. They never used the tight end. Now, it seems like Arizona was trying to train – change that because they actually you know traded for uh Ertz but historically that tree of coaches including Cliff Kingsbury in college and in the NFL do not use the tight end um so if if Trey McBride becomes a thing he would be bucking the trend yeah I just am I on mute no okay (laughs) I didn't but no I and you and I I had the same thought too and then I saw that Zach Ertz was like a top five tight end there last year and i was like oh well maybe if he has a good tight end maybe he's going to be one of those coaches it's like oh i have the player let me adjust my scheme which he's not really a smart guy so that's a that's a dangerous assumption um but i thought maybe that's why oh it could have also just been that the other tight end um deandre hopkins was hurt as well though i do think it's funny the one time you're not on mute you think you are and you you mention it um well i think maybe what we're gonna do i guess especially since swags made the comment that these people wanted to hear mock and we didn't do it i think we're gonna wrap up so <laughs> one thing we didn't one thing we didn't do at the beginning of tight ends not your, <laughs> I, it, was, it was a joke it was a dad joke it was a dad joke i know i'm just playing with you but one thing we didn't do at the beginning of the show is really let you guys all tell everybody what you guys do, where they can find you, uh, you know, something about you. If you want to also say something about these rookies while we're wrapping up, go ahead and do it. And let's start with you, Felix, especially with your Campus to Canton as one of the sponsors of our show. We're very happy to have you here tonight. Yeah, we're not saying we like you better than the other guests. It's just you're the only one that sponsors I, one of the sponsors and I show from this weekend, too. <laughs> Promo code HQ for 10% off uh, your first purchase there at campstocanton.com. But you can find me at Sharp Review on Twitter and on Wednesday nights, the Debbie Debate, the Campus Canton podcast feed. Proud sponsor of Dynasty Trades HQ. Thank you so much. Swags, what were you saying? The Debbie Summit. The Debbie Summit. Yes, the Debbie Summit, uh, May tw- this Sunday, May 22nd. Myself, Brandon Lejeune, Matt Hicks. It's going to be a six-hour live stream event. You know, a who- Katie Flower will be there. A who's who of, of, you know, the voices in the college fantasy Debbie space are going to be talking. Matt Waldman will be there, Ray GQ. Um, uh, Garrett Price and Jared Wackerly from Dynasty Nerds will, will be there. So, listen, I mean, it's the it's almost summer you don't want to watch hockey. You don't want to watch baseball. Come join us uh, for the live stream event. It starts 1230 Eastern time. I don't know why I have to say Eastern time. I think people should just assume if you're saying a time. Exactly. Eastern time. Um, And uh, yeah, just join a six hour live stream event. We are raising money for Ukrainian refugee relief efforts. So it's going to be a fun time uh, this Sunday, this Sunday. That's awesome. Hey, how about you, Pat? Um, people can find me at fantasy pros. My Twitter handle is, uh, at fits underscore FF and they can find me on the fits on fantasy and the dynasty, uh, fantasy pros dynasty podcast. And, um, yeah, I'm, you know, not sad. I guess we didn't do the mock, although, uh, I just pulled Traylon Burks at one eleven in my home dynasty rookie. <laughs> I was going to say, even, even if like the other 
you know, the five people who are missing, if like I had been at 111 in a mock tonight and like those five people didn't pick, I still wouldn't have gotten trail. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's that's your home league, you said? It is, man. There were <laughs> there were some fish moves in the first round. Let's just say that. That's amazing. What what was there an, a totally outrageous pick before that? Is there somebody that we should we would all yes. laugh? We, oh, what was it? There were there were two. Uh Christian Watson at number four, 104. <laughs> and uh worse, it's super flex, but I think Desmond Ritter was probably a reach at 106. Wow. Oh um, well. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Jade's <Yeah>. face. <laughs> a lot uh, of head shakes there, man. I, same here. One same of here. one of the only reason I mentioned that to ask you that is because I had my home rookie draft this week, and we had a pick that was taken in the first round that every single person we thought that maybe they made a mistake when they clicked it, but they took Zamir White at one hundred eight. And everybody was like, "What?" So I, that's why I was asking. But uh, hey, Dabari, tell everybody about you. Hi. Uh, yeah, <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> at Damari22. Uh, writing over on DLF. I'm supposed to be doing some series for four for four coming up. I'm working out the details on that, and of course, then the wonderful the Fantasy Forty podcast. Awesome. And if you're in any leagues with John, he's the best in the DM chats. He's that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Swags? <laughs> I am at Swagzo0G. I do a little show that will help take those chills away called The Rookie Fever. The other voice of that show is Michael Finero at Artbark TV. And we talk a lot about rookies and different uh, strategies, the goods and the bads about them. So appreciate being here very much. Thank you. And I hope Michael feels better. I know he he was supposed to be with us tonight, but he wasn't feeling well. Um, And then... John, I know yeah. last time you were on the show, I told you to tell everybody where they could find you, and you actually said Swag's information instead of yours. Yeah, I missed him. <laughs> that's all. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that he was going to try and talk over the top of me, or I wouldn't have done that. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this time I'll just do my own since he uh, he had his covered. Uh, I'm at Superflex Dude on Twitter, host of the Superflex Super Show, Superflex Super Friday Night. Like I act like these are actually happening frequently. <laughs> the month of May is just a black hole for me. Like I just show up late and sunburned to everything, and it's not from the computer screen. So uh, someday Superflex Super Show is going to record some new episodes. That'd be cool. In the meantime, you can find my. Let's see, Cornerstone and Superflex Dynasty rankings at uh, DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Awesome. Let's go in the what? That's right. Yeah. Mock. Come, uh, I'll come you do all some ADP along ones. the way. I will add something to everybody's profile. <laughs> yeah. Dad, did you want to, me to mention something else you do? <laughs> yeah, what's funny about that swags is usually Shane does that sometimes with our guests. He'll tell them and they're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We really appreciate all you guys here. It just seems like every time we try to do something and then it goes south, it, it's it, it, we still had fun and we really appreciate. A mock draft would have sucked balls. <laughs> 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 We had so many conversations between Shane and I in those 15 minutes before doing this. We just were all over the place. But thank you guys all for joining us. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Shane, tell everybody about our Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon, a Dynasty Trades HQ on Patreon. Um, go join the 
bonus episodes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'll just tell the truth. That's where I spend most of my time. And that's, that's, if you want to talk to me, that's where you're going to talk to me. Don't try to DM me because I will block you. It's so funny too. Cause you always say it like, you're like, yeah, we got a Patreon. Yeah. 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 One of those weird things. It's like, you know what I mean? Like I'm pimping myself. Like, Oh, and hey, that's something new up? for you. I'll be your slut, you know, give me $3 and you can talk to me. Like give me five and I'm your super whore. You give me 12. Holy shit. The things I will do for you. I will do roster reviews. I will send you things in the mail. Um, I will, you'll probably get my phone number. Once you get to that $12 range a month, you probably have my phone number. Although most, a lot of the patrons already have. I was going to say, they all have your phone number already. So that is true, but that's the way to promote. You do it that way. But, uh, right, then cut out that first one. That was f- <laughs> Uh, and then also check us out on iTunes at Dynasty Trades HQ. Check us out on YouTube at Dynasty Trades HQ. And check us out on Twitter at Dynasty Trades HQ. So thank you very much for joining us. And we will talk to you guys next week. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, Shane. Bye-bye. Bye, Shane. That was probably the best one ever, honestly. Like it started off as a plug and ended as a threat. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.